Let me just welcome everyone to this afternoon's webinar. A particularly warm welcome to His Excellency, Dr. Amra Al-Mada, Deputy Minister of Hajj and Umrah Services. Every Singaporean, regardless of race, language or religion, knows of the Hajj and its significance for our Malay Muslim community. For Muslims across the globe, the last two years have been difficult. And despite the general opening of borders and the easing of restrictions, there understandably remains a sense of caution. Where in 2019, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia received about 1.8 million worshippers from abroad. This year's Hajj will be open to about 850,000 worshippers from overseas. The pandemic has changed much in the world forever. How we adapt and adjust to the ways in which we live, work and play will say much about the resilience of countries, governments and their people. Nowhere is this clearer than in today's event. Our webinar revolves around the use of technology at the Hajj. In these times where we remain positive but cautious, technology has helped to keep worshippers safe. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia has been quick to adapt and make the necessary changes. It has, for example, employed an online registration system for aspiring worshippers, used robots to sanitize mosques and to distribute bottled water for social distancing purposes. The experiences by pilgrims are also enhanced through the use of the mobile phone, providing them with means of planning, tracking, and PDF guides. And in Singapore, the Islamic Religious Council will pilot a new mobile app, Pilgrim SG, to render assistance and services where needed to Singaporean worshippers performing the Hajj. I therefore look forward to today's session and to learning more about what the Kingdom has in store in terms of technology as the Hajj looks to return to pre-pandemic levels. Our thanks once again to His Excellency Dr. Amir Al-Mada and also to the Prince Saud Al-Faisal Diplomatic Institute for helping to co-organize this event. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Che? First off, thank you to our Executive Director at MEI, Ms. Michelle Toh, for offering a remarks that touch on the re relevance of the pilgrimage to our Muslim community in Singapore, as well as to Singapore-Saudi relations. And my sincere thanks goes out to my counterpart at the Prince Saud of Faisal Institute for Diplomatic Studies, Dr. Ali Al-Kardi, and to the Acting Director General, Dr. Adil Al-Omarani, earlier. For, for saying a few words as well. Now, since the initial cross-fertilization of ideas, which were eventually welcome on both sides, I'm very glad to see today's webinar materialize and become operational, all of which was done equally with the support of the Royal Embassy here in Singapore. My friend and colleague Ali at IDS has been very forthright in sharing his thoughts and long may this continue with further collaborations. I'd like to say a few words uh, about the Bridging the Gulf series. Today's special segment on the technology of the Hajj and Umrah falls under the Bridging the Gulf public education series, which was launched last April. And if you look at our institute's page or even on the YouTube, our YouTube playlist for this series, Bridging the Gulf, you'll find that we have 13 sessions so far, ranging from country-specific episodes to more thematic ones covering energy, sport in the Gulf, uh, falconry, and urban planning. So beyond the headlines, this series generates specific questions, if not food for thought, about the Gulf states 
and offers insights beyond the regular reporting in the press. So today's webinar adds a significant uh, dimension to the series by not only covering the Hajj, but like my executive director said, covering technology that includes, interestingly, robots. And so I would like to thank on behalf of MEI, my, I give my sincere gratitude to the Deputy Minister of Hajj and Umrah Services, Dr. Amra Amanda, for accepting this invitation to speak on the subject. So please let me now hand it back to Dr. Ali Akarni, my good friend and colleague. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Dr. Che. And um, it's, uh, it's a pleasure uh, to, um, or rather before, it's always a pleasure to, to introduce uh, all of you and to introduce our guest speaker. But before that, let me just make it clear that uh, we have a limited time uh, due to the fact that His Excellency is tied up. Uh, you know, it's almost Hajj time, Hajj season. And uh, I had to pull him out also for, 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 for meeting this morning to have a quick chat with him. So uh, I uh, promised him not to exceed an hour, an hour, 10 minutes, something like that. So um, I will introduce our guest speaker and, uh, and I'll leave the floor uh, for him. But for the questions, I'd like uh, for those who are interested in asking questions or, um, you know, comments or something, just to write it on the on the chart, uh, on the chat section of the uh, of the screen, and I will go through the the questions, and we will try to uh, take them all. Uh, I will read them all to His Excellency, and he will uh, answer them. Uh, if needs be, I will uh, allow some people to to comment. And if you really want to do that, and you're desperate to say something, raise your hand, and I will uh, do my best to accommodate uh, as many people as I can. Uh, now, to our guest speaker for today, um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Amru uh, bin Ridha al-Maddah. Uh, he is the Deputy Minister for Hajj and Umrah Services at the Ministry of Hajj and Umrah. Dr. al-Maddah received his PhD degree in Intelligence Systems and Applied Informatics from Osaka University in Japan. After his return to Saudi Arabia, he worked in King Abdullah Petroleum Studies and Research Center before moving to King Abdulaziz University as an academic staff. Prior to his work in the ministry, Dr. Madah served in many senior management roles in big entities in the government and private sectors, such as the Saudi Research and Marketing Group and the Prince Mohammed bin Salman Foundation, uh, MISC. Dr. Madah speaks many languages and uh, he is uh, known to be uh, making a difference, difference wherever he goes. Uh, of course, Dr. Madah will be uh, talking about technologies employed by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia at the surfaces of pilgrims and uh, Umrah performers. Uh, without uh, much ado, uh, I will turn to you, Dr. Al-Maddah, and you can take uh, as long as you want. And I understand you do have um, uh, some slides, so uh, the floor is all yours, and we are all ears. Father Dr. Okay, thank you, Dr. Ali. Thank you, Mr. Executive Director, Ms. Agnes, Mr. Clemens Che. I'm really happy for uh, your invitation to be here today, and have this session and discussion with all of you guys. It's really my pleasure and it's always uh, good to have this kind of discussion with great minds like you. It's always helped us to improve our work and you know, get a different and fresh approach in everything we do. So I thank you for this opportunity. And uh, today I will be speaking a little bit about what we are doing 
uh, in Hajj and how can technology help us to serve people in a better way. So before I start, I think most of you are familiar with Hajj and what uh, Hajj means for us as Muslim and what Hajj means for us in Saudi Arabia. Right now in Saudi Arabia, you, we usually receive like 2.5 million Muslim every year to perform Hajj, but we are trying to make it uh, even better. We're trying to accommodate more people as Vision 2030 dictate for us. We are trying to make the service autonomous. We are trying to raise the quality. So Hajj will be the benchmark for the quality of service. I will show you a couple of slides now discussing our strategy and how, uh, how uh, technology play a big part of it. But I would like to discuss the idea Mr. Executive Director mentioned about uh, how the COVID-19 came and became a, a like, big changer for the whole ecosystem, how we eat, how we work, how we play. It also came for us as a challenge as it may be, but it also came for us as an opportunity. Maybe has have been like for 1,400 years, almost continuous all this time. So when COVID-19 came, and change the rule of everything, change the way we do things, change the way we think, change the way we interact. It gave us the opportunity to stop and look back and decide how can we act in a different way. Before, when we are speaking about an ecosystem like Hajj or Umrah, we are speaking about ecosystem that has been continuous for almost a thousand years. And people have been always doing it in the same way somehow. So any new change to be adopted especially that you only have one time a year to try it out, it was always difficult to introduce. And we come to technology. Technology is always uh, the big changer for any ecosystem. And technology have been the winning horse right now. All governments rely on to improve the services. But for us to make it even more in, uh, integrated into the system, we had actually to redesign the whole system and rethink about everything. So actually COVID-19, even though it might have been a disaster in many ways, but it gave us a, uh, a place in a way that we can redesign has and redesign the way we interact with our, our clients, let's say. So I will be showing you a slide about Vision 2030 and what we are planning to do with everything re uh, related to the vision and how, how technology is playing a big part of this. Is the presentation clear right now for you on the screen? Okay. So let's start from the beginning. What did the kingdom? Uh, what did the kingdom goal actually is serving uh, and strategy for serving guests of Allah? When Vision 2030 was announced, you know, Vision 2030 is kind of our new. Uh, our new way of doing everything in the kingdom right now. It was announced like three or four years ago, and it was uh, planning a, a whole vision and KPIs and strategy for everything, for everything related to the kingdom. One of the biggest uh, portion of this vision was actually related to people and how people can be served better, how citizens can be served better, how people visiting Saudi Arabia can be served better. So there is a whole section in Vision 2030 strategy related to serving guests of Allah, or Duyuf al-Rahman, as we call it in Arabic. We have four main criteria in, uh, or KPIs or motivators for us while serving guests of Allah, which was uh, in, uh, highlighted in Vision 2030. The first was easing the access for more guests to the two holy mosques. Right now, we know that the demand for Hajj, for example, in some countries exceed 20 years. 
but we have limited space, we have limited time. But Vision 2030 is in, uh, encouraging us like we have to find the solution to accommodate more people. We also have to provide higher quality of service. So this is one of the mandates in Vision 2030 for us for serving guests of Allah. We also have the, uh, the mission of enriching the cultural, uh, cultural and religious experience. Before we noted that people like usual when they come for Hajj and Umrah, they only come to do the ritual, but they don't use this opportunity to enrich their journey with cultural sites, with cultural experience, with religious experience. And maybe, maybe there was a room of improvement that was overlooked. So Vision 2030 came, that, came in a way that we have to actually consider these aspects and work on it faster and in a better way. Fourth, and uh, one of the most important uh, elements for us in the Vision 2030 re regarding the sector for Hajj and Umrah is to make the sector st uh, sustainable. So the sustainability, maybe there was an error here in uh, uh, typing error. The sector sustainability means that we'll be able to serve people with high numbers all around the year. So all of, all, uh, for all of these four missions and elements actually cannot be done without the technology, without because we have limited space, we have limited time, but technology can make it work somehow. If we are speaking about Hajj, of course my PhD is related actually to the, I got my PhD from Osaka University in Japan and it was related to system design and robotics and artificial intelligence. We usually, when we discuss Hajj in uh, scientific forums, we say Hajj is the most cluttered environment in the whole universe because you have 1.8 million people coming from abroad not because we have 300,000 coming from local. We have almost, let's say 2.5 million people coming for Hajj from more than 160 nations from all different uh, genders and colors and nationalities and all almost wearing the same clothes. All the men are wearing white, all the women are wearing white as well. So if you are going to test the technology, you wouldn't find more difficult environment such as Hajj, because all of these people or all of this diversity are crowded in 10 square kilometers in a specific time and a specific location, and they all have to move at the same time. So if any technology can succeed in Hajj, it will be able to succeed anywhere else. This is why the technology we're employing right now is becoming one of the kind that's actually state of the art in so, in so many ways. This is why we have the leading technology companies in the world competing to find their product tested in Hajj, especially when we're speaking about crowd management, crowd analysis, uh, IoT, because if you can succeed here, you can succeed everywhere. So let's look at the Hajj journey, Hajj and Umrah right now. I know that the session we are speaking about Hajj, but we have to understand that the new Vision 2030 made Hajj and Umrah all almost connected. So if you are coming for Umrah, it will feel almost like Hajj because we are targeting 30 million people by 2030 for Umrah. So that means almost every month we have 2.5 million people uh, in Saudi Arabia performing Umrah. So it is almost like mini Hajj every month. So we want it to be one full journey Hajj and Umrah related, and we have a specific standard. We want, if you come for Umrah, you will find high standard. You come for Hajj, you'll find high standard. You'll find the same people serving you here and serving you there. So if you look at the journey as a whole, we divide it by three different uh, uh, sectors. 
the fair uh, and uh, sections. The first section is about first impression, which contain the pre-arrival and landing. Pre-arrival means the way the uh, uh, the Haji and Mu'tabers get their visa, the way they book their uh, package, the way they land in Saudi Arabia, the way we receive them in the airport, the way we welcome them. All of this, we, we studied the whole journey in this, in this uh, section, and we find way to implement technology in it. So instead of them going to small offices in a small city, and this small office will direct them to a bigger office in a bigger city, and then he has to go to the embassy. And from the embassy, we'll have to go do fingerprinted another appointment. We, we, we did it in a way that all of this, of course, with the integration of all the government entities here in Saudi Arabia can be done in a single step, in one step online from your smartphone. So you can just go inside uh, a web portal, pick up your package, get your e-visa online, and just come to Saudi Arabia. And when you land here, we made sure that your information will uh, uh, will actually be available in your arrival. Someone will greet you with your name and all of your details. You will receive a smart hash ID that contain all of your profile information and all of your services and all of your e-wallet and e-tickets available for you. So in your journey, the digital profile we build about you when you when you book the package will help you to get your experience better. You will it will help to assure that what you paid for is what you are getting. And if you are complaining, you get what uh, you get what you deserve because you already you already paid for service, so you should get it. So this is for the first imp uh, impression in the first part of the journey. The second part of the journey is about performing the ritual, either for Hajj or for Umrah, which include transportation and accommodation, and the Holy Mosque and visiting the Holy Mosque and the Holy Sites. We made sure that every step of the way, we have um, digital quality check, and we have e-tickets available. And when visiting the Holy Mosque and the Holy Sites, you have a, a specific time slot ready for you. And we know the capacity, so you will be served in a better way. I will show it to you in a later slide how, how technology helped make it even better and uh, uh, spiritually fulfilling for people if we, if we manage it in a better way using technology. The third sector of the journey is about services and experience enrichment, which includes safety and security, which played a big part during the COVID-19 accommodation and enrichment, which means side tours, additional services, etc. Each one of them, we had technology playing part of it. And I will show you a video by the end of uh, this slide that will explain what I have been saying so far. So let's start with a small uh, slide about an application called Atamarna we released with the beginning of COVID-19. You know, with the beginning of COVID-19, before the, before the before the epidemic, uh, epidemic, like people were able to just anytime they want, they can just go to the holy mosque. They will find it crowded. They will fight for a place to sit, and they will be close to each other. And sometimes you'll find four pe four people in one square kilometer, uh, one square meter. So, with the, uh, with COVID nineteen, when everything happening around it, we we had to make people actually give each other a space. And we had to organize the flow for people going to the Holy Mosque. So we launched an application called the Atamarna, where people have to go to the to that application, 
uh, open an account there. Of course, it's a free account and can be done in two simple steps, just your ID and your name. And you go through the time schedule and find whatever time suitable for you and just say that I will go to Medina, I will go to Mecca, I will go to perform Umrah, I will go to just to pray. And this application will automatically calculate the available capacity and will start issuing permits immediately on the application. This application, when we issued, it was the only way that we'd be able to accommodate people and hold a big event, even though COVID-19 is happening. I think the biggest event ha happened during the COVID-19 was actually receiving people for Umrah in 2020, because all the world was locked down, but still in Saudi Arabia, we were able, we were able to accommodate 20, 25,000 people every day without a single case registered for COVID-19. Most of the other places were locked down. In 2021, still the COVID-19 was a big hit in lots of countries. We were able every day to accommodate 100,000 people in the Holy Mosque to perform Umrah without a single case registered because we matched their ID with the registered COVID-19 cases. So here we, drew, uh, we have a case that proved that with a little bit help of the technology, we can actually organize things to make it better. We can uh, increase the safety and security of people. And we can increase actually even the speciality when you are sitting in a place where you have your time, you have your dedicated time, you have your space, nobody is pushing you. You are in improving the, the quality of the experience itself. So this application, when we launched it, uh, right now it's number one in travel category in App Store and number one in top three in Google Play here in the Middle East area. We have 19 million users and 60 million, per, uh, 60 million permits issued. So 60 million people use the application to visit the two other sites. So what can we get from this? For example, this exam, example of uh, uh, applying technology to organize old ritual, one of the oldest rituals in the whole world. Like we are speaking about rituals that have been continuing right now for almost 1,500 years. But right now we implemented technology to make it even better. So if you look, what did the application do? Like if you see the picture to the right, it was really crowded. Sometimes people from small countries or people coming from all across the globe just to visit, to do Umrah or, do, uh, or visit uh, the Holy Mosque in Medina, they wouldn't get the time or they wouldn't get the space because it is really crowded. Right now, when we apply this application, we are now we are giving fair chance for all Muslims to access the Holy Mosque, and which was one of the Vision 2030 goals for us. Right now, we'll always give priority for people from other nations visiting Saudi Arabia. If you are coming from abroad, you will always have a high priority. You will always guaranteed access to the Holy Mosque in Mecca and Medina. But before people who live near these two Holy Mosques were crowding the place, for example, let's say. So now I'm giving a fair chance for everyone. I'm organizing the, uh, the demand and I make it accessible for everyone. And I'm monitoring the amount of people coming from different places of all the globe to make it sure that everyone is getting here fair chance for accessing the Holy Mosque because Saudi Arabia is custodian for these two Holy Mosques. And it's their duty to make sure that everyone is able to access the Holy Mosque with fair chance uh, compared to even to the people living near the Holy Mosque. So this is one of the goals that we achieved with this application, for example. 
Also, if you look to the picture to the right and picture to the left, with better flow control and crowd management by calculating the overall capacity of the place and only permitting people which match the operational capacity, we are able right now to give more spiritual uh, experience, more space for people, more better movement, especially for elderly. You know that we have 1.7 billion Muslim around the globe. Almost 70% of people of them who are coming for Saudi Arabia to perform Hajj and Umrah are in their late 60s or late 50s. So these people need their time, need their space. So with better flow control and crowd management, these people are getting now better experience. Also, we are dis better distributing the capacity through the day, throughout the day and throughout the year. Before we will come, some days we will almost find just a couple of thousands of people in Haram. But while other days like in Ramadan, you will find 3 million people in the same place. So right now with this application and recalculating the available spaces and capacity, we are at, we're able to better utilize the spaces available in the, holy two, uh, in the two holy mosques to make it to make sure that everyone is almost getting the same experience any day of the year. So the application itself played an important role during the COVID-19 uh, to make sure that we have given our uh, visitor all of these uh, benefits, but this is not the end of the application. Right now we are changing the application to one super app to serving guest of Allah. Before we had another application and what, uh, which is called smart card ID for Hajj. It's uh, almost uh, similar in purpose for uh, what we've done in Atamanna. It is just to organize the e-tickets, e-wallet and the packaging services. It's a smart ID for the Hajj that he can carry around. It is printed in a physical form and it's all available in application in their mobile phone. So right now, what we've done in Atamar, now we will merge with what we have done for Hajj to one super app that will be able to do package reservation for Hajj and Umrah, browsing and reservation. Uh, it will give you support and help directly through the service provider and through the ministry. It will allow you for permits management, digital ID, additional services, awareness platform, and complaints and satisfaction surveys. So it will be guest-centric full digital experience. This is what we are aiming for. But of course, this is only one small part of the whole enterprise architecture we did for employing technology for the Hajj ecosystem, Hajj and Umrah ecosystem. We have a huge ecosystem. In Saudi Arabia, we have more than 40 entity, government entity working in Hajj. We have almost 250,000 people working to serve the Hajjis this year. This year only we have 250,000 people working to serve 1 million. So imagine the amount of people and amount of effort you have to do to perform and manage such event. So for us, we have built an enterprise architecture where we deploy technology in every aspect of it. We build it on top of smart bracelet, AVLs, cameras, sensors everywhere, crowd counting and monitoring systems. We have monitoring uh, room and control room. We have self-service kiosk. And on top of it, we have cloud services which collect the data from all of these outlets and manage it and calculating it and building different scenarios. So we can make sure that people everywhere are safe. And if there is an issue arose, we can deal with it immediately and in an efficient manner. 
and we have built four different uh, platforms where people can interact with this digital ecosystem. So we have an ecosystem, we have a platform for the hajjis and the visitors themselves, where they can interact with their profile, with their packages, with their services, where uh, their uh, uh, medical record, where their uh, requirement, where their whatever assessment they assist, uh, assistance they need, whatever complaint they need to write, they will be able to do all of this digitally without the need with even interacting with anyone physically. We have also another platform for the people who are working there to be able to understand who are they serving, what time they should be served, and we'll be able to monitor them if they are providing the service in the right manner, manner or not. We also have a, a web portal and a, a, an ecosystem that deal with the crowd management and control and access control. So has is really time and space sensitive. This is why everywhere in Hajj is, is almost geofenced with camera. So we know that the monitors and the crowd that moving in some direction are as per schedule because any small mistake can lead into people actually like having a big accident while jamming to each other. So this is why everything is sensitive and related to each other. We have smart gates, we have uh, buses that are connected with these systems to make sure that what we are planning on paper is actually happening. So technology here is playing the part of the glue here to our our plans, our systems, our everything. So technology is what making us sure that what we have planned and scheduled is happening in reality. We are what is what making us sure that the people are serving right now are the people who are actually contracted for this kind of packages and for this kind of services and for allowing us to to allow uh, to expect people at the airport and allow them to enter even though without collecting their fingerprints abroad without even them visiting the embassy so technology has played a big part into transforming the ecosystem to what is happening this year so in the past five or ten years Hajj ecosystem have become one of the leading actually digital platform in the whole in the whole world because we are dealing with this kind of various nationalities various uh, customer um, segmentation but still we are able to do it so smoothly that you cannot expect anyone else to do it like if a country want to host a world cup or the olympics even though it is only once in a lifetime sometimes they do it they have four years of preparation and the number of visitors usually around 100,000, 200,000. For us, we are receiving 2.5 million every year, in addition to 12 million people every year for Umrah. And we do it continuously, almost with zero accident. So technology is part of the reason why we are, doing, we are able to do it so smoothly. Sometimes this technology is not visible to the normal visitor, but we are trying these two years and the coming two years with Vigit 2030 to make it visible to everyone. We, we want everyone to be able to through the application in his phone, getting the full feature of the technology we have employed in the background. So now I will show you a small video of what we employed uh, in technology for Hajj last year. And this year we have something even much, much better. So allow me to play this video and it has English subtitles. Thus.
Okay, so I think this is it from my side and thank you for listening and I'm happy to receive your question now. Shukran, Doctor, thank you very much indeed, Your Excellency. Uh, absolutely uh, informative and uh, I personally learned a great deal uh, out of the presentation. There are things I didn't know, uh, but uh, managing um, uh, such a huge crowd in, in a very um, uh, sort of uh, uh, limited space and time in such a, a manner and employing uh, technological advances of all types uh, and putting them at uh, the services of the uh, pilgrims and the those performing Umrah um, is a great thing. And and uh, just uh, just to say that Saudi Arabia is is a pioneer in terms of employing technology um, and and you know the services of of Hajj and other fields. You know it's it's digital economy. We're leading in this in this field. Uh, so um, I will now turn to. Um, to the gathering, uh, if uh, probably start with uh, with our colleagues in 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 in, uh, in Singapore with uh, with Miss uh, Michelle and uh, Dr. Che, if they want to say anything or have a comment or ask a question, and then uh, we'll go. I have uh, I have some questions on the chat section, and I will also uh, allow uh, some people to um, you know to comment or ask a question. We have. Uh, about 17, 16 minutes to go. Uh, so, Miss um, uh, Miss uh, uh, Chu, do you have anything to say, or Dr. Che? Um, I just want to to thank Dr. Almada for the presentation. I thought it was really very interesting, um, uh, and I was quite uh, taken by some of the technologies that you all are using. Um, you know, because it really does help when you have to manage such a huge number of uh, visitors to the kingdom. So I was quite, that was quite interesting, I have to say. So thank you very much for that. I, I particularly was intrigued by the, the video that you showed because you can actually see how the technology inter, interfaces and works with what you all are trying to do. So there's that human side to it, but the technology sort of helps you with the management part of it, something that you couldn't do easily on the ground. And frankly, even beyond COVID, it's, it's, it is actually a useful sort of framework that you have established. So thank you for that, that was interesting. Uh, thank you very much. Dr. Che? Thank you, Ali, and thank you to the Excellency Dr. Amra Amada for the wonderful presentation. I. I I do have a couple of questions. Maybe I'll put it in two parts. Uh, I see my colleagues putting their questions forward in the chat box as well. But I have a question on how the kingdom plans to use more technology, you know, with the with the easing of restrictions, you know, we, we will see in the coming years. And, and of course, that would mean that you are going to receive a bigger crowd. That's one. And the second one is on religious tourism. How do you encourage religious tourism alongside you know, number of worshippers and pilgrims that come to the kingdom. So those are my questions. Thank you very much again. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Che. You want to have a go, Dr. Amr, and then we'll go to other questions? Of course. Of course. Thank you, Mr. Director and Mr. Che, for your comments and for your questions. Of course, uh, for the first question you asked, uh, Che, like uh, how we are going to use this technology with the ease of restriction, of course, what we have right now, 
in the framework, as Mr. Executive Director mentioned, but we are going to implement it to serve more people, we, to increase the quality. We believe that right now, almost 80% of our visitors all use smartphones and technology and applications. So right now, they are more uh, digitally aware of, uh, of all of the transformation we can do because before, before it was difficult to actually uh, to do anything because people were not using smartphones, they were not connected. Right now, people are connected, so it makes it easier for us actually to involve them in this ecosystem. If people are involved in the ecosystem, it will be easier to manage them because they will be part of the decision making. Before, we used to tell people like, you have to go to throw the gravel at 10 in the morning, okay? Like you have to do to take the bus at 11 p.m. Now, since they have the application and their smartphone, they can make the choice. Well, you have that four times plus. Please choose one of them. We have for meals tonight, either chicken, meat, or vegetable. Please choose one. So now they are part of the decision. So it makes our job easier. So we don't have even to convince them, please go out at this time. Now they have the choice. So they are part of the decision making. And at the same time, we are raising their satisfaction. So this framework actually worked better after COVID-19 because we will be able to adapt it to more requirements. We are able to adapt it to more wishes from the buildings. Before we were restricted with the COVID-19 that we, we were focusing mainly in the health aspect. Right now, we want to increase it in a way that people needs are met, people requirements are easily satisfied. Uh, what, what they wish for can be digitally tracked and monitored. What they want can be answered digitally. So since people now are connected, this technology, this framework can be easily expanded. Regarding how can we uh, attract more people and how we can deal with them and we can reach them before they come. Right now, the Ministry of Hajj and Umrah has, has built the fifth GDS in the whole world, Global Distribution System. What is a GDS? GDS is like Amadeus, for example, is a GDS. When you go like book a flight, you book it through, for example, Expedia. But Expedia is connected to a, a, a GDS system called Amadeus. So all flight companies uh, dump their, their availability, their time, their prices, and different OTAs actually co uh, co collect the information from there and make bookings for you through it. The Ministry of Hajj and Umrah has built the fifth world GDS. What is uh, the GDS for Hajj and Umrah contain all available time slots, all available uh, services, uh, accommodation, flights, uh, hajj packages, and made it available for online travel agencies that people are already used. Right now we have Agoda, we have Booking.com connected to us for the ministry. So these companies can now sell hajj and umrah packages directly for you in Singapore. And you can even get your visa through your Agoda booking, through your Expedia booking. So right now we are changing the whole way you were purchasing packages or dealing with the ministry. So we are moving from the G to C and make it more like B to C through online travel agents that you are already dealing with, you are already trusting. So we are, we are moving to the back a little bit are in, and enabling more, uh, let's say, um, service champion in this field. We are enabling Agoda, we are enabling booking to be able to interact directly. This is why people who are coming for Umrah this year are able to serve complete hash packages 
from Agudan booking and get the visa without even have to access the Ministry of Hajj and Umrah website. We are, without even have to deal directly with the Saudi company. They can just go like they are, when you are from Singapore traveling to Paris, you just can access booking.com and book a room there and you can travel. This is what we are aspiring. So religious tourism for us, making it accessible mean enabling the right player to the market. And this is what we have been working on. So we build the GDS and we enable all the qualified OTAs to be able to access. So right now you, we have the big player in the market now connected to us. So I think we are answering this part quite well. And we'll see the result in the next two years. Already for Umrah this year, we received 2.5 million people from abroad, even though it's still COVID-19. And almost 80% of them came through these online travel agents. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Amro. And, and uh, I, I want to come to this uh, particular part about buying packages from outside. But I would uh, like to start with a question that came uh, from uh, Aisha Seri. She, she'd like to thank you very much indeed for an insightful uh, presentation. And she's asking about those low uh, income people who do not have the privilege of having an iPhone or an Android and who cannot um, you know, install a uh, Tamarna, uh, what do they do? What are the services that are provided uh, for these people if they can do it? And this reminds me of the situations that uh, we witnessed here last year by the, the, you know, the application that we were required to use, to utilize in order to, because of the COVID restrictions, to visit um, uh, Mecca and Medina. Uh, there were elderly who couldn't do it. Uh, they got to ask help. There were people without a smartphone at all. So what are your solutions? What do you say to these people? Uh, we have a really easy solution for that. And we, of course, we consider that part. We consider that some people might not be connected to the internet. Some people might not be able to use a phone or they cannot read or etc. So we did an easy solution for that. Every pilgrim coming to Saudi Arabia will get a printed physical ID free of charge, which is a representation for his digital portfolio. So this, this printed physical ID contain his name, his QR code and his digital ID number. So when he go any place, when he go to Al-Haram, for example, he doesn't need even to show his ID. He will just show the card and the QR code will be read and will be allowed to him to enter. He will be able to show the card and from the QSIC, service QSIC available everywhere, will be able to select additional services that he requires. From the QR code and the ID he's carrying, he doesn't need even to carry his passport. This identification is uh, authorized by the Minister of Interior here. So they wouldn't even have to ask him for his ID. If he got lost, if he got to the hospital, for example, his medical record is saved to this uh, printed physical ID. Of course, he can access it to, through the application and modify it, but at least he has a printed physical identifier and he keep carrying it around. And of course, it will be distributed to him free of charge and he gets it once he arrives to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. This year, 100% of all Hajis re will receive these cards. Already started receiving it. Since we, right now we have 400,000 people from abroad the kingdom already here, ready for Hajj. All of them right now are receiving these physical cards and we are able to use their features. Great, great, thank you. And, and this question is from Alex Arduno, who also thank you for your very informative presentation. 
and he congratulates you on you know, the success of implementing Atamarna. And the question is how artificial intelligence, patient recognition and crowd control management is helping and what are your expectations for the near future? Also, how your own specific experience with Hedge can be, for, can be of help for Vision 2030 Smart City development and for NEO. Uh, of course, when we are speaking about crowd management and facial recognition, etc., we have two parts of the facial recognition features in all of our systems. One, one of the things that we hold dearly to us in the Ministry of Hajj and Umrah is user privacy. So we don't use face recognition for identity matching. We use face recognition here in some part of the access control feature only. For example, when he is entering uh, his camp, etc. But for crowd management, we, we use uh, uh, face recognition for emotional intelligence. Like we decide the number of people who are passing through this camera are happy, they are sad, they feel like distressed. The number of people passing through this area is more than this area can uh, accommodate in one, uh, in one time. Uh, so we use the camera and facial recognition features to more understand the behavior of people to better analyze the crowd and the movement, and to uh, to better um, improve our uh, scheduling, our capacity, our operating model, and recheck our system. So we we use face recognition in different manner. One of them is for access control, and it will be limited and encrypted in a way that save the privacy for the user. And another way just to analyze the crowd movement and analysis, but it wouldn't be matched to identity. It will be matched to number of people from this area, in this area. These number of people are unhappy in this area, etc. Of course, what we are trying here in Hajj and all of the technology here will be part of our learning curve to better improve Hajj. And at the same time, I can easily imagine it will be implemented in other areas in Saudi Arabia. Our, our national champion that are working with, with us in, uh, in uh, implementing these technologies are companies here led by the PIF. For example, we have Elm Company, which is owned by the PIF, uh, operating the technology for the crowd management. This, the same company is working in Neom and working in Riyadh and implementing several projects for Vision 2030. So whatever they learn here, they will be able to learn there as well, and they will be able to implement there as well. So I think it's a learning curve that starts from here and hopefully will spread throughout the world. Whatever we find useful from system actually we publish. We make it uh, shareable with other, uh, with other countries, with the scientific community, because we believe that it's a cluttered environment, it's really challenging, and if we succeed in something, it should be for the better of the whole humanity. So we are trying to make it as shareable as possible and open source as possible. Very good. Uh, the last question, and I want to go back to the uh, to the point uh, I wanted to raise at the beginning, uh, when your Excellency tackled this issue of uh, packages and buying packages and all of that. I, uh, in my previous job as an ex diplomat, we've had all kind of problems with uh, pilgrims trying to buy their own tickets and arrange for their their own accommodations in Mecca, Medina, transportations. 
And uh, what we had, we had some people uh, renting apartments and running, um, you know, illegal businesses uh, in Europe. I'm talking about my own experience in Europe without naming the specific country. And they would, uh, you know, um, uh, capitalize on, on, on particularly the elderly, gather uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars and then run away with the money and then pilgrims trying to find their packages would then turn to the Saudi embassy and would start crying, gathering, demonstrating. And we had nothing to do with it anyway. It was a scam. Now, it's even uh, much more complicated and serious. You know, buying a digital package via Expedia or booking or whatever it is, there will always be scammers out there trying to capitalize and make money out of these poor people trying to perform their lifelong rituals. What are the plans there? What do you do to save these people? Of course, I totally agree with what you mentioned. Actually, part of the reason we start working on the GDS and connectivity with the OTAs is that there was no visibility of what people are buying abroad on the name of performing the ritual of Hajj and Umrah. And we just find people complaining from different countries around the globe that well, I have paid this amount of money for this kind of services, and the, the person was a scammer. Or he will pay, for example, 10,000 US dollars, expecting a five-star package, and then he arrives to the kingdom, and he will find a three-star hotel, and he will be complaining. He will be thinking that the, the person who's serving him in Saudi Arabia is scamming him. So it was a bad image for us, even though it wasn't our fault. It was someone scamming them abroad. But when they come, they start complaining, thinking that someone is scamming them here, but the problem was outside because they were not, they were buying things without actually seeing the full details. So there was an issue of transparency. There was an issue of trust. This is why when we start moving toward the GDS and connected with the, connecting it with the OTAs, we said, if you want to get a visa, you have to get a package, package consisting of uh, accommodation, consisting of flight and consisting of transportation. These three components. If you can get these three components from verified service provider, which can provide with full uh, details about their packages, their services, and what you will get, and when you will get it, you will be able to get your visa. So we built it in a way that please go to whatever online travel, uh, travel agent that you trust and buy their packages from there but they will only show you services in Saudi Arabia that we allow. So if you are buying a hotel for the Umrah package from an online travel agent verified by the Minister of Hajj and Umrah, they will only show you hotels that are actually authorized to work in Hajj and Umrah and approved by the Ministry of Tourism here. If you are going to buy a transportation package, it will be only in transportation company that have verified vehicles, authorized drivers, and with a certain level of uh, service quality. So this is why right now, even though the online travel agents are abroad, they are connected with us and only showing uh, services that are approved by the ministry to make sure that no scammer will be allowed to sell packages and get visa on top of it or something like that. So it was a joint effort between the Minister of Hajar Amra, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Minister of Interior, Minister of Tourism to build a system where visitors, when they go through this system, even though it is accessible for them, they will be able to get assured services. Not like before, because before they will be just going to a mosque near them, 
or a small travel agent in their town and we'll be telling them, well, I reserved you a good hotel and you just have to pay me this amount. And the person will come with high expectation without knowing actually what he paid for. And this is not the case anymore. Now you will have full detail, full transparency and full trust. And if you get scammed or anything, we will save your rights. We will fight for it because you get it through the right system and everything is monitored by us. So if you get scammed, we will make sure that you will get your money back. This is the benefit for the whole system and for all the transformation we did in buying the packages and actually getting to Saudi Arabia. We want to make sure that what you paid for is what you are getting. And this is what the third mandate for us in Vision 2030. High quality services with high guarantee that an ease access of people. So this is what we are working for and we are guaranteeing you that from next year, you will see huge difference in this country and you will almost never hear about these problems anymore. Indeed, we will always fight uh, to help out uh, pilgrims. I'll tell you a quick story before we uh, take the last question and, 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 and wrap up. Um, um, a few years ago, seven years, particularly seven years ago, we had a scam where uh, 869 pilgrims were scammed and they were robbed of hundreds of thousands, probably millions uh, of uh, euros. And uh, it was none of you know, Saudi Arabia's business. It wasn't our fault. We didn't know about it. It was running, uh, someone running a flat and, and pretending to be uh, an accredited agent. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, we couldn't. Um, I think Dr. Ali's uh, connection might have some problem, but Dr. Ali. Okay, let, let me take the role of the moderator until he come back. I can take the last question he mentioned. What was the last question? I think it was in the chat. Would you allow me? It was mine. Would you allow me to ah, ask? Yeah, the uh, first of all, thank you very much. Very insightful and very promising uh, plans that you mentioned. Uh, so my question is regarding to the elderly people who are most of the hujjaj, as you just mentioned. Uh, how are we like simplifying the use of technology for them during their experience through hajj or umrah? Thank you. Uh, thank you for your question. And I think you will see a huge difference this year. We are trying right now to build our all systems, our all awareness videos and campaign, our, our platform in a way that it's actually not in more physical and written way, it's more simplification. So it will be color and simple more than writing in, in, in general. So we are trying to accommodate more elderly in our system. We are trying to accommodate more illiterate people actually to use our technology, to use our application. So, we are trying as much as possible to depend on colors and symbols, and in the same time, accommodate more services that are directed toward the elders. So right now, for example, in the application we are building, we have a specific uh, section regarding services that elderly might need. For example, he can ask for a wheelchair to his room. Of course, it's an additional cost for the package, but he can ask for it. It's a service that elderly might need. We, he can ask for um, medical assistance. He can ask for uh, sign language translation, for example, th uh, through the application. 
So we are accommodating more of their needs and in the same time making the communication with us and with the application and technologies we're employing as simple as possible. And if he cannot use all of the applications and the smart tools, he can simply just show his, uh, his physical ID and he will get the help he needs in any station. And since his physical ID contain all of his information requirement from the registration time, he will be able to get a better service. He will be able to get all the requirement and the services he, he register for and he might, he might need without even the need of communicating one single word because everything is registered digitally. So this is how the system is helping the elderly and we'll keep improving it until we reach the point we think is what everything uh, everyone needs. This is more than expected, Dr. Amr, mashallah. Uh, and I thank you personally. And uh, so I just want to quickly introduce myself. So I'm Yusuf Lai. I work for the policies and regulations team here in NEOM. And to your last point on the transfer of knowledge, we already like benchmarking hedge and learning a lot from your experience. I thank you again. Thank Shukran. You. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yusuf. Thank you, Doctor. And, and my apologies. Something happened and, and I was knocked out. And now I logged from my own uh, personal mobile. Uh, please uh, accept my apologies. Uh, we still, I know it's time to wrap. I just want to finish the story I was I was narrating. Anyway, the, the whole story is about the, 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 something you said, Doctor, that we will always fight uh, to protect pilgrims no matter what. We sent, uh, you know, a letter to, to the government back then and the king ordered uh, chartered flights and we saved those and 868 uh, pilgrims and they were the personal guests of the uh, late custodian of the two holy mosques king Abdullah bin Abdelaziz. so yes we will always do what it takes to help pilgrims whether it's our fault or none of our fault regardless uh, we take pride in serving the pilgrims and the guests for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I know that uh, someone has raised his hand. I want to give a chance to um, uh, His Excellency Fadlullah. Uh, I can't see the title there, but I want him to have the, the last and final comment or question for today before we wrap up. Assalamu alaikum, His Excellency. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Alhamdulillah, it's a very great news they're using the technology. Just wish to know that earlier we mentioned some countries, they even got to wait for 20 years. With this new technology, what will be the time frame will be shortened for a person to go for polygrams? That means how long he has to wait, it will be shortened. That is my question. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Doctor? Thank you. Thank you. Very much. We are working very hard right now, not just only in technology, but also in infrastructure and changing the way the whole ritual is performed physically. So it's not only about technology, it's also about infrastructure and accommodating people and space and movement. So are we changing the way people are moving throughout the ritual to make it simpler, to make it accommodate more people? We're changing the way the people staying in the holy site so they can, instead of for example, tents in uh, uh, many floors, buildings, etc. So we are expecting by 2030, inshallah, we'll be able to double the capacity. And we are working to even more, inshallah. So in the next few years, we'll be able to announce the numbers with more details. But inshallah, we expect to cut the waiting time in half if possible. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to thank His Excellency Dr. Amr Maddah uh, for uh, an informative presentation today. Uh, I learned a great deal. 
uh, and I believe everybody else, uh, we will continue to take pride in serving the pilgrims and the Mu'tamirin, uh, whether we employ technology, we employ ourselves, so every means that are available will be employed, uh, you know, um, uh, serving and making life easy for uh, the guests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a mission that we take seriously and, and we take pride, like I always say, in, in doing that. Shukran Jadizin, and thank you very much indeed, Dr. Amr. I would like also to thank our colleagues in Singapore, um, Her Excellency Executive Director of the Middle East Institutes, uh, Ms. Michelle Tiu, and my good colleague, uh, Dr. Uh, Clemens Che, and all of those who are with us today. And uh, we do hope uh, to see you in our next events. I would just like to say that uh, we will be also organizing something about Al-Ula, uh, in, in the northern uh, part of Saudi Arabia, and it will be organized and, and moderated jointly between us and the Middle East Institutes in Singapore. This is just the beginning of a hopefully uh, long uh, journey of cooperation and, and uh, a partnership between us and our colleagues in Singapore. Thank you all. I don't know if Dr. Amri want to say something, a word before we, uh, we close. Thank you, Dr. I just want to thank you all for and all for the attendance and for taking their time to listen to me. And I'm hoping that I was a little bit helpful to understand a little bit more about this ecosystem and which we are proud actually of serving. This is high pride for us. Like everyone here consider himself a servant for the people coming as guests for Allah. So I'm happy that I was able to share a little bit of my information, a little bit of what I do for living actually. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Shukran, Dr. Aisha, you were extremely helpful. Shukran, Jazeel, and thank you all. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.